Hello, listeners of the Golf Practice Podcast. This is Andy Hayes here uh, with a heavy heart as I uh, unfortunately have to inform you that our uh, the audio quality and the audio uh, file was somehow damaged of our short set manifesto podcast. As you know, this is an episode we've been very excited for for a very long time. Um, and we debated back and forth all afternoon about re-recording it or releasing it kind of as it is in its, its current state. And, and we just decided that it was a great episode and we couldn't uh, recreate the magic you know, that happened if we were trying to record it again. So um, we are going to release it as it is. Unfortunately, the audio quality is not great. There's a lot of static. Uh, if that bothers you and you don't want to listen, uh, no problem at all. We'll be back next week, and we can assure you that the audio uh, will be better. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Clean contact. I hit it again, because that shot was a defining moment. And when you define it, Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. This is the official short set manifesto, a podcast that's a long time coming, uh, where we, me, Andy Hayes, Peter Donahue, Peter Weber, and Jansen Miserec, are going to make the argument that playing with fewer clubs is actually a better way to play golf and, uh, and will actually lower your scores. Um, Guys, we're going to go around and introduce each of you, and I'd like you to share like your current setup of like what clubs are in your bag. So, so Peter Donahue, um, welcome, welcome Thank back you. from Thank Arizona. You. Thank you very much, Andy. It's good to be back, and uh, I got a chance to play. I think four or five rounds since uh, since I've been on vacation and came back the other day and played uh, up at one of our favorite places, Lasonia, on Sunday. So. So I've been playing a lot with my set, and what I'm carrying is, I think, numbers nine. Uh, I have a driver, I have a, a four wood, I have a hybrid, I have a four iron, a six iron, an eight iron, a pitching wedge, and a sand wedge, and a putter. But I also, no, I guess I must have ten. Did I say two iron? No. I have six, seven, eight. Nine, ten, because I have then a right-handed six iron. Okay, so this is your lefty set. Okay. Yeah, this is the lefty set. The lefties are even, the righties are odd. Can you um, can you detail us a little more info about your irons in your righty set? The righty set, uh, I carry a, a one iron, which, as as we know, is a, largely a conversation piece anymore, but I do pull it out of the bag now and then, and... Uh, and then uh, the three iron, and, uh, and these are all a 1982 Ram Tour grind. So it's one iron, three iron, five iron, seven iron, nine iron. And that set, I also carry a pitching wedge and a uh, and a 58 uh, and a putter and a left-handed six iron. And just for our listeners, how, how old are you? 71. 71. Isn't it true that last 
year you broke 80 on back-to-back -back days, one day right-handed and one day left-handed. It's true. And both with fewer than 14 clubs. Correct. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Just so cool. Wow. Yeah. All right. Next up, Peter Lionweber. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, as far as my sets go, my right-handed set uh, is a three-wood, a one-iron, just like Pete, um, a four-iron, six-iron, eight-iron, and then a 52-degree uh, wedge. So, and then a putter, obviously. That's my right-handed set. My left-handed set's a little jumbled with a lot of different clubs in it, just kind of what I found over the, the last few months uh, that was available to me. But um, I'm, I'm the newbie of the group to the, to the half set, so I'm still kind of tinkering around trying to find the best uh, combination, but that's what I'm working with right now. The one iron's my favorite club, though. Jansen, it's good that you and I don't have a left-handed set also because everyone would turn this podcast off immediately for <laughs> yeah. guys. Like, what's your righty set, lefty uh, set? All right. Yeah, too much. Yeah, it's too much, so it's good that... Yeah, yeah. I uh, haven't ex uh, explored with the lefty yet. Maybe maybe after this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, my current setup is driver, three wood, three iron, five iron, seven, nine, gap wedge, which is a 50 degree, and then I got a 60 on my putter. So I think that puts me at nine. Uh, the three iron is goes in and out of the bag pretty frequently. So um, I always fluctuate kind of between eight clubs. Um, I have another set in my closet that is all the odd or uh, all the evens and then I have a, a 56 and a pitching wedge there for the wedge side. So um, I, I think I, I might use that one a little bit more this summer because I'm curious to see and, and kind of ready for a fresh ball flight perspective with some eight irons and some six irons. So we'll see how that goes. That's the main setup. I like the odds. All right. All right. My setup is a 58. 50, 9, 7, 5, hybrid, and then mini driver. Ooh. That gives me eight clubs. It's a 14 degree Callaway. It's maybe my favorite club right now. All right. That just gives everyone a sense, you know, as we get into this a little bit more of like what we're not talking about playing, you know, with like three clubs or something. This is is generally pretty close to the setup that, that most people have. So it's not going to be quite the shock that maybe some people think. Um, but, but as we go here, we're going to get into kind of our argument. We have kind of have an opening statement or, or you know, some thoughts, and then we have four different sections uh, how we're going to make this argument. Um, the first is, I guess, more of a thought experiment, guys. I want you to imagine, or, or, or listeners at home, um, imagine you had a set of clubs that just and forget about how heavy this would be to carry. That had, let's just say, 70 clubs in it. One, one club for every degree. You know, we're starting at, let's just say, a 70-degree wedge. And then we go one degree down to one degree. So literally every degree, you know, that would be possible. So you'd have every single yardage, you know, for the most part, from, you know, whatever, maybe two-yard gaps. Do you think, I know your answer, but, like, would that help you play better golf? Probably not, right? But 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 the question then is why? Like so, why why would seventy not be better? Do you have any thoughts? Uh, when you presented the question to us of is is fourteen too many? Um, the first quote that came to mind is more money, more problems. Uh -huh. Right. So uh, the more options you have, I think the more problems you might have. Can you say anything more about that? 
now I'm going to keep it that simple. Okay. Um, Pete, what do you think? Why, I mean, why did you decide to go to fewer clubs and not, you know, not more? I mean, regardless of the rule, you know, by the USGA. But. Well, I think that um, I, I, I believe that um, that playing with fewer clubs uh, makes you smarter. And I think it, uh, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, in the same way, I mean, being able to ball strike is part of what is involved in playing golf. You know, having a good strategy. The best ball striker doesn't always win, right? So it's the person that can handle their uh, their emotions and that, that develops good strategies. And, and we were talking not too long ago about this young man, Zella Torres, um, you know, who, as you pointed out to me, became a better player once he took up uh, and started following Scott Fawcett's uh, better aim lines. Uh, and I think that immediately, even if you're a complete meathead and, and, and all you do is pull out clubs for yardages and then just wail away at it, um, as soon as you're you're forced with uh, fewer clubs to to consider intelligent lines of play, which rare, very rarely would you do if you could always drop it in from high elevation. You, you'd only have one line. You'd be always be aiming at the flag, right? Mm -hmm. But that that smaller set that's the very first thing it does is it causes you to wake up and look at different lines of play. Do you have any? Yeah, I mean, the, the first quote that came to mind when you asked about the 70 clubs was, like, the too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh -huh. Like, if you're if you're trying to make something uh, or cook something and you have five people working on it together, all of a sudden it's just too crowded. You, you, everybody doesn't know what their role is. Um, it's kind of the same thing with, with that many clubs. You, you wouldn't know when to, I mean, theoretically on paper, know, oh, this club goes this yardage, I'm going to hit this. But there's no creativity to it. And I came back to what we were talking about in some of our uh, junior essentials classes was trying to teach these kids how to change speeds of their swing for different distances. That's something we talk about in a lot of our classes, not just the, the beginner ones. And if you can't do that, if you can't adjust your, the speed or the feel of your swing for a different shot, then there's no creativity involved and you're really just, you're not playing actual golf or the golf that, that we so. Yeah, so I think most people would kind of agree with some of these these statements that if you played with seventy clubs, you would be less creative, you would be less, you wouldn't be as smart, um, you would, you maybe there would be more problems that arise, and so basically adding clubs would, would actually create these alternative set of of problems that wouldn't necessarily help your game, and so then kind of the question can be, well, it's like, well, seventy clubs is too many. What about like what about sixty nine clubs? Would that be a good amount, and then we probably have the same exact answer. But then if we go down, like, so imagine, okay, 68, okay, 67, not still too much. Okay, let's keep going down um, to a number that seems that seems right for people. Um, I guess my, my next question is, like, what are the odds that, that if everyone did this kind of thought experiment themselves, what and, and there were no kind of rules of golf in play, like, what are the odds that people would settle on, like, 14 clubs as being, like, that perfect number? Probably not, you know, probably not very good, right? They probably would land on, or I guess what we're going to say would be something less than 14 clubs. So, um, so we kind of need to, as we get into this, reframe the thinking a little bit of like, 
hey, more clubs is not actually gonna gonna help you, and 14 might not actually be the the optimal you know number of clubs to play golf with, just because it's the rules. Okay, you good? Yep. All right. How should we? Let's let's move on. Point one. We're calling this the the practice of imperfection. Okay. And and what I um, kind of mean by this is that. Um, you don't need to hit perfect shots to play good golf. You um, don't need perfectly, you know, club fit clubs by club champion to play good golf. You you, um, you don't need the perfect bag to play golf. I used to in college like obsess over like what the perfect bag uh, like setup would be. Like, is it two iron or three wood? Is it you know do I have three wood five wood? Do I have three wood hybrid? And then the wedges, do you go 52, 56, 60? Do you go 50, 54, 58? And all these things, thinking of like, oh, if I just get this perfect, then you know I will you know be in the best spot to play golf. But that ultimately doesn't lead to to lower numbers. And so um, I guess when when you try playing golf with fewer clubs. You'll notice and you'll learn that, um, that that it doesn't take perfect shots to play good golf because you'll have you'll hit shots that um, maybe aren't exactly the number that you are away from the flag. You'll hit clubs that you weren't used to hitting. You there'll be times where um, this happens for me kind of quite often where I hit a shot very very close to the pin, um, but then I think to myself, if I had a full set, I wouldn't have hit that club. Right, like I would have hit a different club, and so um, there's just so many different ways of, of I guess, getting the ball in the hole and, and playing with fewer clubs kind of helps uh, helps you learn, helps you get to be a little smarter. I and mean, that's kind of what your first reaction was, Pete. Do you have anything else about uh, this specific topic? You'd like to you mean managing, uh, uh, or I should say, practicing imperfection? Yeah, I do think you know. I think that. Uh, the wonderful thing about golf is, uh, I forget, I, I was watching something on PBS, and they were, I think they were talking about math theories and, and managing uncertainties. And that's, you know, and the humanness of our, that's part of the uncertainty. And then there's the, I remember, you know, hitting a shot over Mount Prospect in the second hole, I don't know, some, some years back. And I had, I was in the, kind of in the trees, and I had to land the ball in an area that looked like it had mulch and stuff in it, you know, and the grass was long, and I wasn't sure how many bounces the ball would take in the rough and, and still release out and then run up the hill. Yeah, and, and so, but I, I had to go into my imagination and my memory and just extrapolate some kind of a, a solution and when I hit it, I hit it not quite on the button, but it flew pretty much like I thought. And it bounced out of this stuff pretty much like I thought. And I was amazed at that, and it ran up the hill, and I was like eight feet away from the hole. Well, I mean, I mean, I never would have. If, I, if I'd been able to hit a, my daughter, what would she have done? She would have taken out a sand wedge and seen if she could get it through the branches and the trees, you know, because she just didn't have that shot. And, and every good player that I've ever, ever played with, somebody that was better than me, always showed me in the round that they could see something about how the ball would either get through the sand, crawl up a hill, go through long grass, something 
that I just didn't see. And, and that made them better scorers, right? Because that option of always, you know, being able to fly it high in the air is, is sometimes because of the lie or the situation with the, with the surface, that first bounce, you can't get it close. Yeah, I mean, when with, with golf range finders and GPS on carts, it's so easy to... I mean, I call it like robot golf. Of you shoot the number and it says 156, and I can nine iron, grab it, and just hit right at the pin without really any other thought of kind of what's going on around you. And so um, playing with, when you try with fewer clubs, let's say you don't have your nine iron, now you have to take into, you know, so many other, you know, variables into consideration. Um, guys, what have you found about like scoring with, with fewer clubs? I, I think uh, the practicing in perfection, uh, you have to ask an internal question to yourself of, are you okay with failing at, at the beginning? You know, and, and then looking at it as a, as a sense of, uh, could these missed shots that I'm maybe hitting because I'm trying something new actually be beneficial to me? And to go off uh, Pete's uh, quote of what he was talking about, of can you see these shots as, as an opportunity to grow in a, in a different area? game or learn a different shot from someone I, you hear all these stories of when these young guys come on tour and trying to ask these veterans that have been on tour before um, hey teach me that shot I don't have that shot or what would you do in this situation and pick their brain and you always hear these these young guns of oh I'm just trying to pick their brain pick their brain pick their brain and say like, we don't really know what those conversations are behind closed doors but I guarantee they're asking how did you hit that shot there because I need that you know I don't have and they're trying to learn from these experiences. And so you're going to fail when you try to learn these things at the beginning, but are you okay with that? Because you know, hopefully, that that will be something beneficial down the road. Uh, I think that's a hard pill to swallow at the beginning, and, and people would just rather take the same swing, like you say, uh, robot golf, and just, well, it's just full swing this, full swing that, full swing that, rather than uh, maybe get a little uncomfortable with learning a different strategy. But from a success point of, of scoring, I think, me personally, I have more rounds under par with a half set than I do with a full set. I think I've only ever broken par with a full set maybe once or twice, and I think I've broken par, I don't know, way more times than once or twice than with a half set. So I, I guess I'll just let that speak for itself. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the word I keep coming back to that you both mentioned is uh, robotic. I think when you have a full set or more than a full set, let's say the 70 club set or whatever it would be, you become too robotic. I grew up playing all different kinds of sports long before golf, and I like the, the word feel. Um, I think if you're shooting a basketball or if you're throwing a football or if you're hitting a baseball or throwing a baseball, whatever it is, the feel is what, it's hard to explain what that actually is, but using that and that your prior experiences, like you said, Pete, uh, in that current situation or that current moment is only going to help you. I think using your athleticism is only going to help you score better or play better or hit better shots than feeling like you have one swing and you just change that club with the same swing over and over and over and, and you shoot the flag with your range finder and, okay, hit this nine iron. It's going to go 155 yards. Um, I think it takes the feel out of it, and that's why I think you guys have experienced success with less, less clubs. Um, and I'm starting to see that myself, where I'm, I'm just using my imagination, my creativity, and my feel more uh, when I have less clubs, because you have to, you have to improvise. 
And I, I think the word robotic is perfect to explain what some people become when it, you have the number, you have as many clubs as you need, and then you just have that one swing. So it's a great segue into argument two, which is feel. Already brought up feel, which we have. Um, I also like part two is like different speeds and shapes and sizes of swings. So that if you play golf with a few with less than fourteen clubs, um, you're forced to, I guess, do either change speeds more often with your clubs. So you're gonna have to hit, let's just say, a full swing seven iron, or a really hard seven iron, and then like a really soft seven iron uh, to kind of get the yardages. Another option would be kind of different shapes of swings. You could hit draws to maybe get a little more out of it, or you could hit fades to get a little bit less out of it, or you could change sides. Like you could do a, you know, a, all the way a full swing, a three-quarter swing, a half swing. You could do this with, with different clubs. And so different people will probably do this in different ways. You don't have to know how to hit draws and fades. You could just swing a little bit slower at something. Um, and what I have found is that playing in this way, actually, I think this is like the biggest one for me that makes you better at golf. It makes your swing better because, um, how often have you heard someone after the round of golf be like, well, I just kept missing left today, or I, I couldn't hit my irons, or I couldn't do this. And it's because they're trying to make the same exact swing every single time, and then whatever swing that comes up that day is the swing that they have. And it's like, well, that's that. And then um, if you have fewer clubs, you're, you're not trying to make the same swing, you know, basically ever. Maybe once or twice a round, or maybe just on tee shots, you'll be trying the same shot and so uh that actually at first is a little bit hard to adjust to but but after a few rounds or a little bit of practice uh makes you better kind of in the long run um see you nodding over there pete you in agreement well absolutely i mean i i someone told me a story the other day about uh, being at a tournament site or being at a at a clinic that jack nicholas was giving and uh and uh and uh, Nicholas was uh, hitting a seven iron, and uh, uh, let's say, and, and so th there was a question and answer period, like, well, what, you know, he's, how, what do you hit your seven iron? And he said, well, I hit my seven iron, um, you know, generally, uh, you know, in the area of 150 yards. And the guy said, well, I can do that. And uh, and Nicholas uh, said. Uh, and took some swings and hit it 160 yards, 170 yards, 180 yards. And he said, yeah, I can hit my seven iron farther than that, but what I choose to do is hit it 150 yards because I'm going at less than full throttle. So my ability to, um, to succeed, to hit the ball solidly and to keep my balance is much greater because it's well within my range of athleticism and range of motion and range of weight throwing and all that kind of stuff. So, so that idea uh, that um, that you can play uh, play at different speeds is not just uh, you know it's not just for the average athletes. I mean, it's something that even you know the best players do. So I think it makes you a better ball striker. A, you know, and let's leave it at that. We can come back around later and tell, you know, what, what else about it. But that's really playing the field. To flight the ball is to not go full at it, right? Yeah, and I, I mean, would someone say, this is, I guess, a hard one to think. Like, Jack Nicholas played with 14 clubs. 
And so, like, why wouldn't we just copy what Jack Nicholas did? And I think, is it something that, like, for the average person, or, like, I don't know, including us, in that, like, you need to almost, like, force yourself to do something different or else, like, you won't do it. You know what I mean? Like, if you have all of your clubs, you're not going to try to hit a, like, a soft eight iron instead of just a full nine iron. Um, just because in the back of your head, you're like, well, a full nine iron is easier shot. But actually, you know, it might not be, or it might not be the right shot. And so almost like forcing yourself into those situations. I'm trying to think of a good, like, example or metaphor of what that's like. But um, you know what I mean? Like, forcing yourself to do it uh, is maybe the only way to kind of experience some of these things. I think there's a big, uh, I think there's a big myth in golf about uh, real golf. You know, what should I be able to hit this thing? I mean, I'm asked that question all the time. I'm asked it by, you know, 70-year-old people. What should I be able to hit this club? You know, and, and so so the notion, you know, originally 14 clubs was just a limit because caddies were, you know, carrying armfuls of, you know, like you were saying, yeah. 70 clubs, they were carrying lots of clubs. And so 14 got to be, you know, the maximum allowable. And then what happens after that is commerce. You know, now we start manufacturing sets of clubs. And, you know, if you don't have a full arsenal, then you feel somehow at a disadvantage. But it's just a myth that grows up around it because of marketing, I think, you know. I mean, can you can you argue? It's hard to argue with roboticism, you know, as a as a as a like, oh, you know. I mean, if you could be robotic, wouldn't you be better than being human? <laughs> you know, uh, and it's it's like, you know, wouldn't I be better if I hit the ball four hundred yards? But the, but the fact is, is we're not, <laughs> and we never will be. So no. why why try and go down that path? Yeah, I don't know, but isn't would you say is Bryson DeChambeau going down that path? I I think you I think you could say that of, and maybe that argument is just more consistency. I and, but does does the word consistency does that align with the word robotic? Maybe, I think so. Well, I mean, I think I grew up with repeatable swing. Right. The object of the game is to be able to repeat the same swing every time you make it, right? And it was <laughs> it was like. It took me till my middle age to run into some old Scotsman to find out that, no, that's not it. Each swing is a snowflake. And, uh, you know. Yeah, you never have the same shot. Never have the same. No. No, it's always different. I just, I love, I love that topic of of feel, shape, size, speed, you know, adaptability. Uh, I think uh, awareness, right? Awareness, alertness, you know, to to what you have to pull off is, is great. I think. Um, from a from a physical and just training perspective, of the more in tune you are with your body, and the more aware you are of the space around you, you know, like the proprioception of your limbs and your, you know your arms and your legs, and how maybe a, a foreign object uh, in your hands, like a golf club, with that awareness, you know, how you how you can be a, an artist of of being able to to craft things. And I think if I kind of think back to to players that I've given lessons to of when I ask them about their wedge play or their irons or, you know, how do you judge these distances? How do you do this? Well, I, you know, I consider myself a field player and I look in their bag and they got 14 clubs. Like, am I allowed to challenge that now? <laughs> you know, like, are you really a field player? You know, uh, and I, and I think, uh, 
I think being a field player is great, but if you're also asking the questions of how can I be more consistent, like, you know, how do those add up? I'm just like asking these questions in my head of just kind of speaking out loud here, but I think, uh, I think being able to just be more aware of your, of your surroundings and the space around you to create, to create something, you know, create a show. No, I think fewer club leads to more consistency. If you're talking about like greens hit, I guess greens hit because yeah, you're, because you're not like uh, a leaf blowing in the wind based on the day. Like now I'm hitting left. Now I'm hitting it too far. Now I'm hitting it too short. It's like you're you get kind of past that, and, and those issues don't seem to come up quite as much uh, if you're if you're almost expecting it to happen. You know, on on track, man, there's that great view of obviously you can see the ball flight, but I like putting sometimes next to it the the dispersion where it shows like the big giant circle of all the shots you hit. And if you were to work through the bag with a student, they're going to hit some missed shots here and there. And, and let's say they go through all 14 or just work through the irons. If you were to not delete all the bad shots or all the missed shots, all those ovals and dispersions are all over. They're basically all the same. You know, they, they're all overlapping. You know, this thin shot was as good as a nine iron shot with that club. And, and that chunky shot went as far as this top shot. And, and so it's just this massive, you know, uh, paint by numbers thing up there, just all these dots all over the place, you know, or just this massive puzzle. And I think when I have people work through a bag real quick, maybe they're just warming up real quick. And I say, hey, hit your pitching wedge, hit your eight, hit your five, hit a hybrid, hit a driver. Well, they actually have a dispersion that looks legit. You know, they actually have spacings. And you could say, oh, okay, we know your seven iron would actually fit in between there. Or and we actually know that your hybrid would go in between there. But are we going to waste the time to do that right now? No. Because do we really want to try and fit it in there? I'm like, no, we'll just like let it happen when it needs to happen. But the dispersion on the track, man, I think is great. If you were to say, oh, let me hit five clubs and see what those spacings are. Instead of then, let me hit all 14 and see what my spacings are. And then you're trying to, maybe you get frustrated with, why isn't that going as far? Why isn't that? Why don't I have my six yard gaps like I normally do, you know, or what I think I do? So I think that's that's a cool exercise to go through people. Yeah. Go, go hit five clubs on whatever clubs you want to pick. Go hit five of them on the track, man, and see what the dispersion and spacing looks like. I bet it's a lot more legit than hitting all, all 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and dispersion, I guess we can take us to our next point of. of better if you play with fewer clubs you have better decision making and kind of be more present around the course and I um, you know we talk about Scott Fawcett quite often who works with tour players and his the biggest thing he talks about is that playing golf is more like shooting a shotgun than a sniper rifle where uh, you know I've actually never shot either but you can imagine that, that a shotgun has just like a bigger uh you know, it's not as accurate that, that sometimes it'll go high, sometimes it'll go low, sometimes left, sometimes right. Um, and then golf is just like that, that even though you have a seven iron that you can hit 155 yards, sometimes it goes 160 yards, sometimes it goes 140 yards, sometimes it goes way left, sometimes it goes way to the right. And so even for tour players, um, like tour players have, um, trying to, there's a, he showed a pattern of Aaron Wise, who's a tour player, hitting with a seven iron. And his, his uh, on the driving range with a seven iron, was missing some shots 20 yards left and some, yards, some shots 20 yards right with a seven iron in practice on the range for a tour player. And so that's like a really big area that he's hitting this into. Um, and so it's actually not that hard to, like, I'm sure he could hit 
a half six iron into that same exact dispersion area. Um, and, and it's kind of similar for us of like, no, we aren't as good as kind of we think we are. And like, we're just really hitting into a big area anyway. So it's actually not that hard to, you know, hit one club a little bit softer and still get it in generally kind of the same area. Um, and that's what, you know, if you have fewer clubs, you're forced to kind of think about these things so much more often. You can't just uh, get a number to the pin and aim right at the pin um, because you might not have that exact distance. You might be aiming a little bit left, a little bit right. You might be thinking about where is the best spot around the green to miss. All of these things you're almost forced to consider, which I think actually helps helps lower scores. So, well, so all of these things, what I think they have with them, it's just like a trade-off between you're not always going to have the perfect number, but um, it's almost like every time it's like you lose you lose that, but you also gain you gain something else. So maybe it's the opposite of the more money, more problems, like less less money, less problem, or or something like you, you don't have as many clubs, but you're also um, getting better at your feel. You're getting better at different shapes, different sizes. You're getting better at working your way around the course. You're becoming a better ball striker. All of these things, um, I guess. What, what I think we believe is that they add up to more um, more than what you would lose by taking fewer clubs away. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think to use another sports analogy, I mean, you look at like a, let's say a guy like Tom Brady, like he doesn't have the biggest arm. He's not fast. He certainly can't throw the ball the farthest or the most accurate. But why is he the most successful football player of all time or arguably that? because he's the smartest and he makes the correct decisions. And so I think having less tools forces you to be smart and forces you to make better decisions. And I think to the, to the half set, if you have less tools and you're forced to be more creative and forced to find your strengths and maximize your strengths and minimize your weaknesses, then I think almost by default, you are gonna be a better player. And I think that goes for any sport. Um, I, I just think that's a good analogy just because like that guy is not the most athletic player in the world, not even close, but he figured out how to maximize his, the tools he had. And I think as a golfer, if you can maximize the tools you're given with a half set, you can be a better player than you are with all of the tools or all 14 clubs. You know, I just got back uh, from Lawsonia and uh, they have a, a, a quote uh, from uh, William Langford. Um, on their uh, on their website, and it, it goes something like, you know, we uh, we thought we'd build a golf course or a challenge that uh, let me see if I got in my notes. See if you could play different shots with the same club. I mean, so the, this is architects talking about the experience of golf and the examination that they created. And so I, I suppose it can be argued that today's player flies the ball and, and with the advancement of the golf balls and the golf clubs can spin the ball, you know, more uh, than, than they could in the old days. So it might be argued, you know, that scoring-wise this isn't valid anymore. But when you look at those greens out there and you consider the uncertainty of the land that you're hitting off of, which is rolling this way and that, uphill, downhill, sideways, and then these vast rolling greens where the pin may be front or maybe back. Um, you know, if you're just going to pull a club for the distance, you're going to be way disadvantaged over somebody who's playing it closer to the ground and that can use the ground 
to get the ball to the flag. I mean, Andy just told me a story this morning about playing uh, the 13th hole in Mount Prospect, which makes the point perfectly. Yeah, I hit um, that super long green that's, I don't know, maybe 80, 50 yards from back to front. Oh, yeah. Probably, yep. yeah. And but, but it has this big backstop on it, and I hit, and the pin was like way in the back right, and I hit driver great over the trees, like too many driver, and I had 60 yards to the pin, so I'm like pretty close to the green, but I hit, and I hit a nine iron, lands on the front of the green, rolls all the way back, rolls up the slope, rolls back down to like a foot. That was a thrilling shot. Um, and that's one, yeah, a couple years ago, I would have just hit my 60 degree wedge, like tried to get it all the way back there, and not used the ground whatsoever, not even thought about the ground. Um, and so that was, you know, maybe the the right shot to play, but it was also the most, like, fun and exciting shot to play and the most, I guess, like, rewarding shot to play. Um, just it was so fun to see the ball go and how unique unique it was. Like, it's not uh, not always the most fun, you know, the most obvious play isn't always, the, you know, the best. And so, um, yeah, I think that's... Yeah, I guess where where what were you, where are you going with that, Pete? Oh, well, that, just that I don't think you I don't think you're 56. I mean, if we're just talking about pure performance, here, yeah, um, uh, I don't think you know if you pull out your your 60 degree wedge and, and you were to make that play uh, once or five times or ten times, you're going to you're going to succeed with the shot that you hit score wise much better. You know, and that was a lesson that, that um, you know, I learned from Sam Sneed and, um, you know, and, and we've talked about before. But, you know, he had a 135-yard shot on this day that I met him. Uh, and he we were playing beat the pro. And everybody marveled at how accurate he was and how, how easy he made it look. And uh, he wouldn't let me see his club at first when I was brought up on the tee. He hit it in his fist. And, uh, but finally, you know, he, he, he had to relent, you know, eventually he had to open up his hand to grab the beer that somebody was giving him. And so I saw that it was a five iron and the guy is hitting the easiest shot that was available to him. He wasn't playing, you know, he could have hit a nine iron there if he climbed on it, you know, even at his age. And, uh, and he, he wasn't doing that. And Sam Sneed at his heart is a hustler who understands proposition betting and he understands odds, um, you know, better than someone who is playing with this kind of myopic hero golf in their mind that they call real golf. You know, real golf is what I swing with everything I've got and I see what kind of game I can make out of it. Or I just swing as a robot because isn't the object of the game to make a repeatable swing? (laughs) The best caddy I uh, experienced that I've ever had, and we've had this conversation before of, you know, the pros and cons of kind of having a caddy when you go to some of these resort courses or a country club or something like that. But uh, on our spring trip, maybe, I don't know, a staff trip up to Sand Valley last year, a couple of years ago, I had this one guy, his name was Kid Rock. That was his caddy name. And he looked like Kid Rock. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, you remember him? Yeah. He's got a tall guy, long hair. Yeah. Kind of give you... Uh, not to to judge him or judge a book by its cover, but when I I saw he was gonna be my kid, I'm like, what? How's <laughs> this guy dressed? You know, but he was uh, he was the best, and and the advice he kept giving me 
throughout the round was, hey, if you feel comfortable with this shot, I like this club for you. You know, we would talk through it. Like, I like this seven iron. You know, you can go full at it and expect it to land there and result. But if you don't feel comfortable with this shot, I like you taking this club, and that gives you a little more room for error. And he's telling me these slopes on these, you know, and you know the greens out there. It's very similar to, to some of our favorite courses that have these mounds and these rolling things uh, to, to use the ball and banks and half pipes and, and crazy stuff. And uh, he, was, he was a wonderful caddy in the sense that he gave me two options. One, hey, if you feel confident, that's the club right there. If you don't feel that great, that's okay. You can still get the ball really close. Um, and this gives you a little more room for error. You can use that stuff. And, and I think that round I, uh, was one of, one of the rounds that I shot under par of that year. You know, because I just felt so comfortable and engaged with every shot from the strategy that, that this guy was giving me, yeah. uh, which was wonderful. Yeah. I think um, an, another point that uh, I was I was sitting in my car yesterday, uh, actually eating a little lunch before I went out uh, on the tee line to teach uh, at Deerfield, and I parked I parked in the parking lot, and it, and it looked uh, looked over to number one tee, and I saw these guys teeing off. And if you know you know number one at Deerfield, it's a pretty short hole. And there's bounds left and there's out of bounds right and so a lot of people will hit a five iron off the tee and then you know have a nine iron or an eight iron in there but i i always hit driver on that ball almost almost always or uh or at least a three wood uh just to get it up there and then just kind of chip whatever you know on the green and i see these two guys hit five iron what looked like a five iron off the tee and they both they both topped it up into the rough and then they both grab a hybrid and hit a hybrid out of the rough, and they both topped it from there too. And it's like, okay, they hit a five iron off the tee because they've probably been told short par fours you lay up, and this is what you do. You know, don't don't bring these things into play. But then they get right; they only go up fifty yards, so the shot's really not that much different. And now they're in rough, and they're two hundred and twenty yards away, and they grab their hybrid because that's their two hundred twenty yard club, and that's what they hit, even though the lie is worse. They're still far away. And guess what? The trouble you were trying to take out on the tee is still right in front of you. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you can still go out of bounds left and you can still go out of bounds right. I mean, what just like, these guys were asleep at the wheel. Yeah, definitely you know? were. What's going on? Like, if you had topped a driver off the first tee, it would have gone, it would have at least gotten to the fairway. You could hit the worst driver ever. You could you could chip a driver out there further than you took that whole, whole five. I was I was cracking up in my car because I was thinking about this podcast. <laughs> so I'm like, this is this is exactly what we're talking about. These guys have no idea what they're doing to themselves. No. You know, I said that's going to be a long walk for those guys today. Yeah, well, that's that's the uh, to me it's it's the difference you know and the disadvantage between having rules and principles. You know, I mean, if if your principle is that you you want to minimize risk. Well, then that comes into play on every shot, in every circumstance where you're measuring that. But if you're just playing with a rule that says don't hit the, don't tee off with, or tee off with a five iron on, on a dangerous hole, then, you know, you just go dumb as soon as you walk out of that situation. <laughs> yeah, I was this past weekend coaching our, our final tournament at North Park and we used to there's one tournament a year that lets us have two coaches, so I get to be there and like give advice to the players and help them with clubs. And um, but this was my first time. I played lots of rounds with these guys, so I have some idea, you know, good idea about their game and what they're good at. But so often on approach shots, but like we were at this course called Wybring, 
uh, which is Illinois State's home course, which is almost, uh, this is a crude comparison, but you know, those like Augusta National type like runoffs, like that are just like very shaved, mown down areas. So like if you miss the green, uh, you know, by a yard in, in some places, it's not gonna stay there in the rough, it's just gonna roll. Now you're, you're 20 feet away, chipping like an impossible shot up the hill. Um, and so just so often into these pins, it was like super windy. It was like, hey, it's, I would tell them, like, hey, it's 165 in the pin. Uh, it's probably uh, like your 140 shot with the wind because we need to land at front. Like everyone's been like skying this thing way over the green. The ball's not stopping. So it's maybe like we need to land at about 140, uh, but with lots of wind, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, so is it is it an eight or a nine? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that answer is for you, but that was just like the only way, um, you know, not everyone on the team, but like I, I was just like realizing, oh, like you and I like choose clubs so differently or choose shots where it's more like a number. It means like a number and a shape and all these things I'm trying to do um, as opposed to just like, tell me a number and tell me where to aim and I'll, I'll do that. Um, and that's even crazy that uh, you, you did give them a number and they're still asking. And, and you would, you would think from that conversation that you had with them, Hey, everybody's going long here. We want to play this short. And then they ask you eight or nine. Well, couldn't you make that same conclusion to your head that you would probably want to go with the shorter one? Cause we don't want to airmail it. It's like, even that, like what a, what a great example of why you probably wanted to less to, Less yeah, because you're always more. in, you know, there's always like two, when you have 14 clubs, there's potentially always like two options of the clubs that you could hit. Um, so it kind of takes away some of that second guessing. If you didn't have the eight iron there, it would be nine or seven, definitely not seven. And so nine probably would work out most of the time. Um, I think, I guess we haven't really talked about like commitment yet, but of like when you have that, is it an eight or a nine? Uh, that's in your head if you're getting over the ball and you're not. 100% committed to the shot, whereas if you, if it's, well, it's definitely not a seven, so it has to be a nine, like, I'm going to do my best with that, like, that, uh, I would say helps you be more committed to the shot and hit, hit better shots, you know, over the long, the long haul. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good story, good, some good insight on your, your North Park guys, but I do think in their defense and in those guys at Deerfield's defense, this is a learned thing that you have to actually experience before you can kind of, like, Accept that it's going to make you play better or play smarter. I know for me, like it was up until I played with you last year. Um, where do I forget where we played? Calumet. Calumet. Back there. Yeah. And up until then, where I would have said to you, like, I'm not playing with less clubs. Why would I do that? I think a lot of people listening right now, or a lot of people that you would talk to, would be like, No, I'm not going to give up something that was given to me that I'm allowed to have. But once they ex like try it and maybe experience it and be like, wait a second, I'm a little more creative. I'm a little more, I'm, I'm, I don't have the doubt in my head of between two clubs and I have to commit to something and all of a sudden I'll just accept it and then do it. Um, I think they, those guys that you saw at Deerfield, I think they might as well hopefully listen to the show and, and uh, implement some of this in their game. And then also the North Park guys, I'm sure at some point will uh, come to, hopefully come to that realization, but. In their, in their defense, I think that they have to try it first before we can... Oh, yeah. You, you couldn't know. just jump on it right. and, and expect results to come. But as mm -hmm. you're saying, though, like, uh, everyone just has this, like, default, the default mindset right. and the default way of looking at it that actually might not, you know, be healthy. And I think mm -hmm. at the very least, if everyone who has 14 clubs, if they went down to nine, I could easily go down to 
nine or ten clubs and would shoot the exact same score mm-hmm. they always do because mm-hmm. the reason people shoot or like lose shots is because they hit a drive out of bounds they they two chip they three putt they do all these things that are not necessarily related to having the perfect number of clubs mm-hmm. um for me i find when i go because i've gone back and forth on this over maybe the last two or three years and you you just play around where you don't quite get the right nut. You feel like you're always having to do hit uncomfortable shots. And then so like in the car, you're like, oh man, if I had all my clubs, like that would have been so much better. Like I would make so many more birdies. I would have so many like closer putts. And so like I try it the next day and it just doesn't ever seem to work out that yeah. way. Um, <laughs> which I can't really like understand why, um, but it's just, you just have to try it when you see them. It seems like, like Pete, you probably, at first, you must have had some of that of like, well, more would be better. How did you kind of over, I guess, overcome that, or what was it that led to kind of sticking with it? Well, I think it was it was a question of um, uh, there was a, I think a revelation somewhat around the same time that um, between. Uh, uh, trying to spend all of my time and attention um, controlling myself to make the perfect swing and then contrasting that against a mindset that was completely um, focused simply on the image of the, the ball striking the target or as Stan Utley would said, controlling the first bounce. And when, once I started to play from that vision of like, you know, ball into the mitt or, or hitting the target or bouncing there, you know, I found that uh, that, that, was a, that was a better way for me to operate myself than to be thinking in terms of how I would blueprint, you know, the, the design of me as a robot. Um, and so, uh, so the notion then, I was kind of double teamed by having the experience in Ireland of wanting to, you know, carry my bag for 36 holes. And so, you know, I just simply pulled out the clubs that I didn't seem to use that much, which were the evens. And, uh, and I found, you know, as I was, as I was playing uh, over there, that I had to play more with the, the, like you talk about in Golf in the Kingdom, with the energies of the wind and the turf. Right, and so now it's interesting to me, uh, you know, that there's wind, and, and that brings on the idea of hitting through windows, um, uh, you know, in the sky or along the ground, and it was uh, so that's how it was born in me, and uh, and so I came back and uh, to the United States, and I, I just said, you know what, I'm going to get to be a skillful golfer. And the, and the pathway for me to do that is to continue to do what I'm doing. And so I'm better served to, uh, to be playing with fewer clubs. Uh, I'll be a better golfer for it. And, and, you know, I just happen to be right. So fewer clubs somehow made you more present to the, would you call it the energies of the ground? I think your IQ, you know, as I said from the beginning, I think your IQ goes up the closer you play to the ground. You know, when you watch guys that can control the role of the ball, like Jordan Spieth, I mean, I mean, you can't tell me that the way he plays around the green isn't uh, an education for all of us. I mean, he, he, 
you know, I mean, you're really amazing at spinning the ball and getting it to bounce and check and stop. I can't do that. But when you watch Speed, you know, his ball's rolling a lot. I mean, he can he can do it high too, right? He's got that, but but he he's practiced and and been interested enough. That's the thing. See, that's what opens you up to uh, with a, with a smaller set is that now you're running more balls onto the green. So now your vision starts to open up. You start to become more knowledgeable and uh, about the land and how the ball's going to bounce and roll. And when you do, I mean, you ever, I don't practice putting hardly at all on greens, but I do practice chipping because I want to find out how fast the thing's going to roll. But I don't need to hit putts to do that. You know, I, you know, I can chip out of different lies and, and actually use my time better, I think. Yeah, it's, so finding that playing with fewer clubs, like, like opens up your mind, makes you more present, makes you more connected to the, I don't know, the energies of, of the ground. Um, I, when he was just saying that, Chance, I don't mean to give you a hard time, but um, last week on our podcast, you, you told a story about how you deleted Instagram from your phone for a day, and you're like, it made me more present, it made my less, my lessons were better, I had more energy throughout the day, and then you're like, and then the next day I reinstalled it and went back to normal. <laughs> so, uh, that's, I mean, I'll let you kind of defend your, but, but, but that's, you can see that happening here with like, oh, I was, and, and it's been like my journey with, with switching between clubs of like, I, like, I played golf with fewer clubs. I enjoyed it more. I felt more present. I felt more connected to the target. I felt more connected to the course and to nature and to all these things that I didn't normally think about or notice, uh, when I did it with a full set, and it's like, and that was great. And then, then they're still in the back of your mind of like, well, if I had more clubs, I'd need more birdies, and I'd have a lower score. And so, like, I'll go back to that, right? You know, the next day. But um, as like over time, that you know, that other voice has kind of gotten, you know, a little bit lower. So I don't. I mean, do you see any connection? Do you have any connection between the two? Those, yeah, is that a I, fair parallel? No, it's a very fair. To, no, 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 you know, no offense taken. Run, I don't mean to run you over in your car like you were in your clubs. Okay, sorry, sorry. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, no, it's a, that's a perfect parallel or, or comparison. And uh, even though I have Instagram reinstalled on my phone, I still can't get the thought. I almost hear you and, and Peter Line and Weber's voice in my head every time I click on the app of. Should you really be doing that? <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's kind of like the de- you know the devil and the angel on your shoulder asking you a question. Uh, and and there have been times where uh, even though I have it on my phone, when I'm you know I'm working, I I click it and I go nope, and I just put it back in the pocket. And uh, I was looking at my screen time report on on uh, Sunday and it was totally different. You know, it was totally different. So it was you know it was cool. And I think uh, yeah, a little bit more time to just let it marinate. I I don't think. I think Instagram will be a, a choice, not a habit. Mm-hmm. You know, cool, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's just so we, yeah. it's interesting how our whether it's through our culture or society or whatever that like our brains kind of default to certain things. Default, like, yeah, it's like more clubs is a, is going to equal a lower score, and then that's going to make me a cooler person or whatever, yeah. right? Or like people will look at me better because of I shot a 
68 instead of a 70 in this round I played for fun last week. <laughs> um, but actually, no one really came to uh, what you shot. Um, uh, uh, there's a, you know, we've talked about the, the book, The Inner Game of Golf by Tim Galway, and he, um, you know, Pete introduced me to that of the, he talks about like, is it optimal experience? Is that what he calls it? Is from an equal part of, of learning, uh, equal part performance and equal part enjoyment. So that kind of creates a triangle that when all of those are in perfect balance, like that your experience will be better. And I think um, using fewer clubs easily, as we've kind of talked about, like helps you learn more about, I guess, about golf, about the swing, about the club, about uh, how to get around the course. I think it helps your enjoyment because your brain is kind of woken up and you're forced to be creative and do all sorts of different things. Um, and then, like, the performance aspect, I think at the very least, um, is just, like, a neutral. Like, like you might not do better or worse, like, score-wise, but because of, you know, the perform or because of the enjoyment and the learning, like, kind of makes it, I don't know, I think it pushes it over the top in my mind of, like, why this could be a better way uh, for people to experience golf. Because um, I think, yeah, everyone's default is on performance, like, so much. And, and the idea that... 14 clubs, or, or as basically as many clubs as I'm allowed will let me have the, the best performance possible. But, I mean, in our experience, like that hasn't really been the case. Um, what do you guys think about, um, I guess, other people's, what, what kind of reservations, what, what, what would you anticipate them thinking right now, or, or how, how would you help, help nudge someone who's almost, almost there? I think from a performance standpoint, uh, to go back to kind of the athleticism uh, analogy of the more in tune you are with your body and your awareness, like the better athlete you're going to be. And like, if you're a better athlete, your performance is going to be better, you know, just straight up, you know, like if you were to sign up for a marathon right now and you have no idea like what that entails or you've never trained for that, then like you're probably going to, it's not going to be very enjoyable, you know, but if you know what goes into that or you're more in tune with with how you need to condition your body to do that, then it's probably going to be a lot more enjoyable. Um, I think I so I think uh, from a from a performance, uh, athleticism goes right with that. You know, we always say, and I, I always hear Chris say, and I think he got it from from Hank Haney of uh, great golfers are great athletes, and uh, if if you want to be a better golfer, being a better athlete definitely definitely helps with that journey. So, and you I, can make yourself a better athlete. I think a lot of people right. feel and like athleticism is just a born uh, or not born. You know, right, thing. and I, I think our point is that the half set helps create that athlete or, or bring it out in us. And I think one point that we haven't really driven home too much is like it helps it helps calibrate the swing. You know, of those guys that oh, I just kept missing everything left today. And and when you're forced to hit these draws, these fades, these flighted shots, and and get a better sense of the shape and the speeds of your swing you can self-correct so much faster than anyone else uh, really can. Uh, and, and so I think from a consistency standpoint, there's your answer. Yeah, I would add to that, like, there's someone who's, let's say, shooting 90 or shooting 100 who, like, doesn't know how to hit draws or fades. But I think they could still bet. It's you're swinging faster, you're swinging slower, you're choking down on it, you're... Uh, going easy at it. So I don't think it always has to yeah, be... Yeah, there's different levels to yeah. it. I, like, for me personally, I don't really like changing my speed. I, mm. I always like... Uh, I like changing the size before I change the speed. Uh, just because I like going a little faster. It helps me get a little more committed. But uh, 
there's certain levels to it, yeah. right? You know, and, and I think. And they all, sorry to cut you off, they all do different sizes when it, you know, you're inside 100 yards, you have to make different size swings. Exactly. When you're on the green, you have to make different size swings. When you're putting, you have to make different size swings. So you can just do it kind of in other it's areas. Or you can learn how to do it in other areas of your game. Um, yeah, and I think at, when we say athlete, I think people default to like, well, I have to be like fast or swing fast or be strong. But I think it's, I mean, like what, what Pete was talking about of like Tom Brady is not like the most athletic person, but he has like the best, maybe the most athletic mind or something. And I, you know, I wrote it like the athletic, uh, an athletic reactive mindset of like, I think about it as like, a te- you know, if you're a tennis player, the, the ball is going to come to you and you're going to just react and you're going to hit it. Um, you're not going to calculate all of these sorts of things that you have How to do. How big of a swing you yeah. take yeah, and you're all just that stuff. Kind of you don't do it. Time. Yeah. yeah, and so when you have fewer clubs, you're more, I think, reacting to the shot that's ahead of you. I think that's what I think about athleticism in golf is that you're reacting to something that's that's just like a stationary ball sitting there. So it's kind of a weird, you know, mm-hmm. mind, mental gymnastics to get to, but um, I think if you try it out. Yeah. yeah, well, think about like junior clubs. U.S. kids, for instance, that they're not putting 14 clubs in those bags. Now, a lot of that could be due to the size and the weight of the bag, but those kids don't need it. They don't need 14 clubs to learn how to play the game. And same as us, where we've played for a long time, we don't need all those tools or all those clubs to, to perform at our at our best or to be our smartest self. So, um, yeah, I think that kind of says it all. You don't you don't give a, a ten year old or an eight year old fourteen clubs in the bag. Again, could be due to the weight of the bag, but also due to the fact that they need to learn how to hit maybe a wedge shot, an iron shot, and a driver, and then learn how to putt too. There's not much more they need than that. Yeah, I think that uh, I think the idea you were saying reactive um, athletic reactive mindset. I think that uh, how. As you rightly point out, the the it's one thing to hit a moving tennis ball or a moving baseball because the movement of the ball absorbs you, and now you you move with whatever you've got. And then in golf, you've got a stationary ball. But what is moving, or what can be moving, is the image of the shot that you have, and that that's what you react to. So. You know, that's that's what's leading you is this picture of the ball flying through the window or bouncing off the ground or, you know, or rolling out and stopping at a certain place. And when you're reacting to that, um, well, then you're at your best. And I think that 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 getting that ready go feeling, um, you know, that that we usually talk about, you know, in golf instruction as you know, your pre-shot routine or your trigger move, uh, you know, that gets your swing going, you know, like tennis servers or free throw shooters have, you know, boom, 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 two flex with the knees and then go. And, and I think that, um, I think that when you're, um, I think you're more prone to open yourself up to those, those uh, imaginings you know, when you're playing with part swings, and, and which is, you know, again, a, a direct product of the kind of thinking that you get when you're playing with a smaller set of clubs. Yeah. And, and the, the two, the, I think there's two ways to get into it. One way is to pull out any of the clubs that you don't use very often, which would have been my four iron and my two iron. 
and then followed by my six. My eight would have been the last even number to take out. Uh, but the other way to do it is to extreme, you know, to go down to five clubs or to something and go out and find out, prove it to yourself. I mean, how many times have you have you done that with, with juniors or whatever, and they come in and say, I shot, shot better than I did with my full set? Well, you need some experience to, to open the door for you. Yeah, I think when... Maybe we should start saying 14 clubs is too many clubs. Like when playing with too many clubs, um, your 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 mind kind of defaults to, uh, or even people who aren't very good at golf, like I guess like swing mechanics, right? I'm like keep my head, I gotta keep my head down. I gotta slide my weight. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And you can imagine how many people have played around. I'm sure everyone listening has played around where their mind has gotten too absorbed by those things, and they end up they leave just feeling exhausted. It's like, well, I had. Trying to do all these things, none of them, none of them work. Whereas, like, if you're not trying to make the same thing every time, and you're forcing yourself to try different things, it it, it makes those thoughts, you know, not quite as loud. Because, um, you know, my favorite line is when somebody hits a bad shot, and they're like, "Oh, I know what I did there. Yeah. I know what I did there. I got. I know what to do next time." Yeah, so. it's like, are you sure? Because it could have yeah. been like eight different things. Like, um, it was. How do you know what it was? Um, yeah, I, I was. I mean, Pete, you said, you know, talking about the junior clubs, you've talked about, like, the best way to learn the game or to start playing the game is, like, with just one club. And I don't know if anyone would actually, or has enough time to go and do this, but it's a fun thought exercise of, it's kind of the opposite of starting with 70 clubs. Okay, start with one club, uh, you know, whatever it is, everyone has a number or has an idea of that one club they would start. It's like, okay, go play a hole with that club, and then, like, whatever you needed, okay, let's add that club in. Okay, now you have two clubs, and now, like, play the next hole. What do you need? Okay, add that club in. Now you have three. Uh, you know, like, where does that number stop? You know what I mean? It's probably not 14 um, because there's plenty of round. I mean, I'm sure that it's very rare. I mean, what percent of rounds do you think played of people with 14 clubs that they actually hit all 14 clubs? It's got to be like Low. 1% or, or less, yeah, less, right? Less than 5. Yeah, and so it's, not, so it's not 14. You know, maybe it's 13, maybe it's 12, maybe it's 11, but... Uh, it's interesting to think about. Um, well, I, I was going to follow up to Pete. I know you started to say how you would get started. I think for the listeners that have never done this before, how would you help them design a, a half set? Would you say do it with like 12 clubs first, or would you have them just go full into like six or seven? I, I'm interested in uh, your guys' takes on that. I would say eight, nine, or ten. Um, and then how do you help them yeah. select those clubs? Yeah. Um, great question thought about this and help people with this. You choose a club that you want to tee off with, that you feel happiest with. Could be driver, could be three wood, maybe it's a one iron, I'm not sure. That's your tee shot club. Next, you choose a club that you want to hit all your shots, or most of your shots around the green with. Let's say it's, it could be 60, could be 58, could be 56, could be, what did you say, 52? I meant 54. I okay, 54. 54. Okay, 54. Okay, so now you have a tee shot club, you have a wedging around the green club. You also have a putter. That's three. Now choose a second distance club. So that could be like a hybrid. Could be two iron. Could be you know if you want driver. Could be three wood. Could be driver five wood. That gets you four. And then from there you just choose even or odd number clubs, and that gets you to eight or nine. Um, it's pretty easy. That's what I was looking for. Kind of fills your gap. Yeah. So then it depends. Like if you let's say sixty was your club around the green, maybe then like Jansen you would want to go. 50 degree, and then you'd go 9, 7, 5, 3. If, like, the 54 is your club around the green, or 56, then you could go, you know, pitching wedge, 8, 6, 4. Um, 
and kind of have a good gap in that way. And that's how I would recommend I opened up other ideas, but I think that's pretty good. I think you you trumped it there, Andy. That sounds like a that sounds like a great approach. You can buy, like you can you can order I mean, from manufacturers. You, can order, you don't have to order a full set of clubs. It's cheaper to get fewer. So yeah. Well, well really, that. honestly, you know, if there isn't a significant, I mean, especially um, beginning players. Um, you know, if they don't generate uh, enough swing speed to get really much of a difference between their clubs, then, you know, every other club is is the perfect way to go. I mean, how many how many uh, women and seniors do you know that come in and say, geez, I need a lesson because my six iron goes the same distance as my seven iron. Oh, a lot of beginners. I hit all my clubs the same distance. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, why are you lugging them all around? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, lucky you. You can have a bag that's only that big around. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, you know, an added benefit is if you have fewer clubs, you can have some pretty sick bags and just carry it around. You don't have to have a, you know, a massive cart bag. You don't have to take a cart every time. Like, so many opportunities that you have. Well, now, Andy, you're, you're, you're kind of an elitist now here because now you're talking like an athlete, you know, who wants to walk the course. Mm. You know, how many people do you know that are capable, but well, the card experience helps them to bring their beer and their speaker. <laughs> yeah, their speaker. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I would say that there's, there's music and basically music and sounds just at every other moment of your life like right now there's even like music way in the background that hopefully our listeners can't hear um so you could take four hours to not have not have your screens and not have your speakers and and well but yeah if you have 14 clubs and your bag is pretty heavy it's hard to walk i don't blame you um, well less clubs allows more room for beer so there you go. I think you take out half Ooh. the clubs. Now it's not as heavy. Yeah. You replace that with a beer. Yeah, it is. And it was God, you're here. Yes, fourteen <laughs> clubs is a heavy thing to carry around for four hours. So yeah. I don't blame you. But if you take half them out, it becomes a lot easier. Yes, it does. So um, just overall enjoyable. Don't be as tired. Um, I think maybe that was a good way to end. Any any f- closing thoughts? I don't think so. I did have a quote from that less than 14 page that I think Ah. I posted the other, maybe a day or two ago. Yeah, you should check out on, if you're on Instagram, it's called less than 14. They've been, uh, they've been, they've been reposting some of our stuff. So maybe they'll like this podcast. Lodi Seminaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, One of their quotes was, um, vacation tip. And then uh, it said, vacation tip, comma, Bring less clubs, turn off the phone, be well. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I was like, man, that, uh, that really ties into what we talked about with our social media. That ties into what we, we, we like to do and with half sets and uh, uh, be, be present. So, yeah, so maybe just to wrap, I mean, I guess this can be a final point of like, we, I guess like, what do you guys hope that people get out of golf? Because if someone's like, man, I just want to play with 14 clubs, I'd be like, great, go enjoy it. Like, I really don't yeah, care that I much. I mean, we just talked for an hour and 10 minutes about how this is better. But like, if you just think it's all, you know, a load of crap, like, I don't care. I think that, that, that triangle of, of enjoyment, performance, 
and what's, yeah. what's awesome? Learning. And learning. If you're not getting all three of those, then maybe this this is uh, something to try to hopefully get all three. Yeah. You know, you know we played uh, at Troon North, a monument course, um, and I played with Brian Finai, you know, who's been uh, a student, you know, it's been, I think, done a terrific job for himself over the past couple of years. So, but uh, we hadn't played golf together. So we went out and we got to, we played with Marilyn, my wife, and Brian, and we got paired up with a guy, a nice man from Northbrook, uh, who plays out of Twin, and uh, and uh, and the shot of the day was Brian hitting a pitch shot from uh, you know over near the desert, and he just deftly lofted this thing about thirty-five yards over this bunker and trickles up to the hole now. He hadn't had, you know, being outside for the first time, it was like he had to reestablish himself in the outdoor environment. So, and this desert course was really trying. So if you hit the ball even a little offline, it was long gone. So the whole experience of the game and this, the man that we were playing with, I mean, he looked terrific off the first tee. And as the game went on, you know, it wore on him. And pretty soon, you know, he's not having a good day. But we all agreed that that was the shot of the day. Well, it was the full swing. It was a creative, deft play. And it was so satisfying for him to hit that shot. Now, you know, if you're going out, if you have a clear intention about what you want, whether that's a golf shot or the experience you're going to have, the likelihood that you're going to get it is so much stronger Right? The more vivid you're holding this in your mind, the more you're going to be successful than if you just have some vague notion about launching this thing and hopefully getting the yardage right because you flushed it. You know, I mean, it's just not, it, it just doesn't even, they don't stack up together. You know, if you want better performance, be more vivid in what you want. Yeah, like, rather than I'm just going to go out and, you know, hopefully I shoot good today. Yeah. Um, be, yeah, think about it. Yeah, what type of golfer do you want to be? What type of game do you want to play? What are you here to do? Most people, you know, 99% of people like aren't even playing in tournaments. And, you know, no one, literally nobody else knows, you know, what they shoot on average when, when it comes to golf. I think, you know, people assume that everyone cares about what numbers they're scoring a lot more than, than they actually do. And so it's kind of scary. Of like, well, what if I don't do that good with less clubs? Well, you didn't do good with your 14 clubs, so, like, uh, like it's fine. It's going to be fine. We'll, uh, we'll play with you. Um, the sun will come up tomorrow. All right. Um, well, all right, guys, this was, this was wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having time. us. Discussion. We'll talk. Thanks, guys. Goodbye, Pete. We'll talk to you all next time. Clean contact. I hit it again. Because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. But the moment defines you. Come back. Come back. Here it comes. <laughs>